Welcome to Business Beyond the Mic, where we join Carly Van Heerden, CEO and founder of We Edit Podcasts, and her guests as they step behind the mic and deep dive into the business of podcasting. What does it look like to create, launch, and sustain a successful show? How do you find the right guests? And how to successfully build and monetize a podcasting brand? They're uncovering how others got started, unpacking the challenges they faced along the way, the strategies they used, and discovering just how they did it. So you can too. This is Business Beyond the Mic. Together, let's uncover the art of podcasting. Hey everyone, and welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. I'm your host, Carly Van Heerden. Today on the show, we welcome Nicole Perkins. Nicole is the founder and CEO of Prima Foodie, a modern lifestyle and wellness brand aimed at making nutritious, clean living accessible for everyone. Prima Foodie publishes inspirational and informative content centered around holistic health, healing foods, accessible low FODMAP and SIBO-friendly recipes, and advocacy for an equitable food system. Nicole is also the host of the Prima Foodie podcast, a series that features loud, talented voices in science, agriculture, nutrition, and integrative health. A self-described food warrior, Nicole started on a food journey of healing through food more than seven years ago after struggling with various autoimmune conditions. Frustrated by the lack of answers provided by Western medicine, she changed her healing trajectory and took autonomy over her health. Nicole created Prima Foodie to offer access to all that she continues to learn and to prove that an empowered, clean healing lifestyle is a human right and an individual journey. During our conversation, Nicole shares her own journey with launching her podcast and why, despite the initial fears, she knew that showing up was much more important than the obstacles that she faced to begin with. She truly believes that her podcast is a megaphone to amplify her message and to change lives. From there, Nicole dives into how she uses her podcast to further her mission and why we shouldn't be afraid to ask the bold questions to get to the truth. She also shares her goals and her dreams of her podcast with us and what it looks like to expand the boundaries, truly immersing yourself into the lives and stories of your guests. Nicole brings such a unique perspective to the conversation, so let's get into it. Nicole, welcome to Business Beyond the Mic. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I feel like we've been able to touch base a lot over the last month and you have been able to laugh with me about all of my crazy podcast ventures and fails and technical difficulties, but I'm honestly just so excited to get into your story and share more about your podcast. So why don't you start us off and tell us a bit more about yourself, your business, your brand, and of course, your podcast. Happy to. Prima Foodie was born really out of a frustration with the status quo and a desire to create a world in which I want to live and in which I want my daughter to live. I was surrounded by privilege, wealth, education, living in LA in the land of paleo and keto diets and personal trainers. 
yet parents just seemed to simply throw in the towel when it came to their kids' nutrition. Many decide that it's just too hard to change what everyone else is doing. And so they keep sustaining it by going with the mainstream and buying whatever's available to them. And whatever's merchandised, the brightest, the loudest, the most convenient up front on the on the end cap in the grocery store. And even if it's organic, I would go to parties, school functions, many things where there was nothing that I wanted to eat, nothing that I would give my daughter. So I just thought we can do better. We have resources. Why are we not using them? And I have a lot more resources now than when I first started. I have videos of cooking with my toddler back in our little apartment in a galley kitchen. And sometimes I think I should really post these. I think it's a lot more accessible. I have a lot more help now. And I've arranged my life like that, to be honest. Rather than buying an ATV or something, I will spend it on additional help in the kitchen. We'll spend it on food. We spend a lot of money on food, things like that. So I created Prima Foodie to see if I could make a difference. And what we are is an educational multimedia company trying to change our food system. I love that. And I can totally relate as a mom. Food is a big part of your job, raising those little ones, making sure that you don't reach the phase of hangry. You know, we have to have something great and nutritious in front of them before it's, you know, the crazy phase comes out. And yeah, it's something that you constantly think about. And it's one of the biggest things that I reached out and educated myself about before even becoming a mom is what does it look like to introduce them to food, to keep healthy habits, to yeah, make it an enjoyable experience for them as well. So I love that you are out there helping people with that. And it's honestly such a natural extension then for you to be sharing on a platform such as the podcast. So what was that initial thought there when you decided, you know, this is what it's going to be the next step. It's going to be a podcast for me. The podcast really felt like an extension of what I was already doing. I mean, really, it's a mega horn. It amplifies the message. And when I first started, we were heavy on filming. We had some pilots we were practicing for and a documentary percolating. And then COVID happened and I had to pivot a few times. But I always knew that a podcast made a lot of sense. It was just scary. And how do you do that? And is it expensive? Can we afford it? It would be great to have a partner, a co-host. And ultimately, I just decided to go for it and figure things out along the way. And we've done a lot of that. It's been an uphill curve. It's just so encouraging to other people to know that as podcasters, when we step out, it's not that we know everything. It's not that we don't have the fears. We don't have those doubts about, is this the right thing for me to be doing? So other people can know, you know, everybody goes through this. There's always some type of fear or obstacle that you face, but ultimately you just have to get out and do it. So yeah, just encouraging to hear that from you as well. Was there anything specific that you wish that you knew before you launched your podcast? It doesn't have to be on video. In fact, I didn't even pull it together for my second season, which I'm filming now. I think that you still can, but I was letting that get in the way. Those were one of the things. And actually some guests don't even like it and it can be a deterrence. And I don't always want to be on camera, but the important thing is the connection and the conversation. And oh, I just get over myself and show up. <laughs> I love that. 
I think it just goes along with not feeling ready, but doing it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. You have to always take the guests into account. And I've heard this before too, that there's a lot of pressure when it comes to the video, but it's also great if you can find a way to put them at ease and be like, you know what, no one's going to judge you for being on here. People are going to be, be grateful for the information and the value that you're giving them. I always say doing it is better than not doing anything at all. So yeah, yes, I love that. For the most part, people are always just happy to make the connection and share it with the world. Yeah, absolutely. Were there some big goals that you had when you launch the podcast and things that you've set out to achieve with this platform? Well, I really wanted to start a public conversation on topics about our food system, what that means, why it's not an esoteric academic term. It's our daily lives, our sustenance. It encompasses our very existence and not just for humans, but the health of our planet. And whether or not you do a shorter form podcast or a longer form, it allows, and if you really want, you can edit it. So it's not like the pressure of being live, even on social media. And my goal was just to start more conversations, to guide them and be a part of them. And in everyday circles, I wasn't hearing that on podcasts or not in the same way. So in that respect, I've achieved my goal. We're not done. We're still on it. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you are going out, reaching out to guests, how do you decide or what is your process for deciding who to bring onto the show and how will they add to your goals and the topics that you want to cover? Good question. I have a master list of a wish list. I'll put the name and the organization or university or company or whatever they're affiliated with, website, any information, then just keep track of whether or not we've contacted them. And I started it by just thinking about who my heroes are. If I could have anybody, I would have Michael Pollan on my podcast. I would have, you know, I've got a list like that. And then as I've recorded more and I'm well into almost done with recording my second season, I'm looking for filling in the blanks. I don't want to have eight out of 10 podcast guests be nutritionists or something like that. So what I've done this season, since I covered a lot of, I sort of had diversity in the first season. Now I'm looking for more scientists and just specialists in the various fields, but from a different angle. So we're not just hearing, it's good to have personal stories. And I also want to have people that can support the science behind it, but who are also able to convey that in an easily digestible way for the layperson, because that's ultimately who I think our market is. I don't think we're going to make a change in the system by just talking to people inside of our fishbowl. So it's important that it can be easily understandable by the 80%. I think it's diversity and finding different perspectives on the same topic as well as different topics. Absolutely. Because you have to be 
keeping your listener in mind. They're coming to you for the expertise. They aren't necessarily experts themselves all the time. So there's something to be said about that research backed stories and evidence and things just making it a well-rounded piece of content and valuable for your listener in the end to see, wow, this has been tested. This has been tried and true, and it's okay for me to implement it in my life as well. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So when you are looking at your podcast, do you have any metrics that you like to reflect on when you see, okay, this has really hit home with my audience. This has really resonated with them on the show. The truth is I'm still learning. I still feel like a complete novice with this. I know that there are a lot more statistics like downloads. I still don't understand how that matters as much because most people don't download, they stream. So I think I'm still learning and I have a lot to learn from your other guests probably. But we also have a system for resharing and distributing and kind of repackaging our interviews after they post whatever the biggest on Instagram. We're on all forms of social media, not Twitter, but we're most active on Instagram. And whatever is highest on the algorithm equates to how many people are going to hear it or see it. Mm. And it might be reels for a while. Right now, they're, for whatever reason, carousels are big again. And so we will repackage it with audio captions and a good story. We'll write an article out of it and put it in our magazine, our weekly magazine. So I think as far as metrics go... The kind of feedback that we get when we post those is helpful when we get more comments or I'll get more DMs. And I'm always hesitant to base any success on likes, but it is a barometer. It is one metric. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about those tangible and intangible metrics that you, you know, you really impact somebody when you are getting that feedback from them. And it's almost worth more than a single download or whatever type of metrics you get. But you're right, there are so many other ones to learn from. And recently, I also learned more about, you know, the individual metrics about how people are listening to your show, you can actually figure out like, are they skipping through sections? How long are they staying on your content? Yeah, there's a lot of great features like that. Okay, Uh, there's a lot to learn here. I need to know (laughs) all of this. (laughs) A lot to learn. And it's more like in my mind, that would be super interesting to understand your audience a lot better. Not necessarily to be like, oh, look at me, I'm doing so great because of my downloads. It's, wow, look at what they're spending time on. Where can I provide more value? So yeah, lots to learn and super interesting when you do dive into it. Especially with a purpose-driven business. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's all that Prima Foodie is. It wouldn't exist if it weren't for the mission. And there is nothing that we do look at, touch, post, share, or spend our time on that is not contributing to the mission, which is changing our food system and shifting the tide and empowering people. So 100%. Yeah, totally. Now, I know you said you are on the learning curve of things, but have you had any ideas and thoughts on monetization for your podcast? Well, it's exactly where I am now. We've put together a media promotional kind of a one pager. I forget what you call them and looking for sponsors and advertisers. I wanted to get one season under my belt. 
make mistakes, find my voice. And I'm still doing that, but I've come a long way. For us, that's where we are right now. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited to see you take that on in the new... Is this for your next season or for your second season? It's a little bit late, I think, for our second season. I've still pushed out and have some more interviews in January. So we'll see what we can pull together in the next couple of months. Yeah. What was your thought process when you decided on doing seasons? Is it something that you knew that you wanted to do from the start or how did that come about? Yes. This was one of those things that I decided we could just do whatever was convenient for us. Maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen a lot of evidence indicating that any podcast is more or less successful because there are seasons. I think of it as a way for us to organize what we're doing and a natural pause in between. We're doing more interviews in season two than season one, just because we wanted to make some mistakes in season one and figure things out. And I'm not sure that there are any hard rules around that. What do you think? No, absolutely. If you are doing seasons, that is great because you can communicate it with your audience. So that's my thing that I always say. As long as you are communicating with your audience, telling them what they can anticipate, you build up some excitement around the new season that's coming. You add in a trailer here, a trailer there. And yeah, it's people are really into the seasons as well. I mean, we all do it. We watch how many different seasons on TV. We're disappointed when it's done, but it doesn't mean that anybody's going to stop watching a show because the season ended. You're going to be excited for what's to come. And personally, as a podcaster, it's great to be able to make those mistakes, as you say, find your voice and yeah, really figure out what it is that you want to bring to your audience. So I love it. You're right. I also do finish a season when I know a new season is coming. And if it's something that I don't want to miss, I'll finish it before the next season starts. So I just think it's just like life. It's a way of organizing things and creating frameworks. Absolutely. Well, Nicole, it was so great to hear your perspective and your story as a podcaster. And I know that it's just so valuable to see that even if you have the initial fears, just to show up and be there and go for it. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you wanted to share with our audience that you're super proud of and just want to encourage people with today? We are about to launch a new ebook on common additives in food. We're always encouraging people to read their food labels, if nothing else. And it's a bit scary because most food that's in the inside of the grocery store, most packaged food is a lot of unpronounceable words. So something that's been really helpful for people that we've heard and really popular are our ingredient spotlights. So we've put together an ebook on food spotlights, and also on how to detox your home. So I'm looking forward to launching those. We'll be launching it before the end of the year. Ah, amazing. So that should be out by the time this airs. So everyone can definitely check it out. I'm excited to see that come to life as well. And now I want to jump into the fun little part of the interview, our quick fire questions. You just answer whatever pops to mind and I love to see what you say. So the first one is, how has podcasting changed the way you do business or life? I may have mentioned this, but it gives us the opportunity to dive deeper into topics 
which I enjoy because you can have a greater impact and connect more with an individual and have a more significant, profound conversation. Absolutely. And what are your top three tools or a non-negotiable investment when it comes to your podcast? Notes on my phone. As I go through the day, I pop ideas in there. Sometimes I'll be driving and I'll voice record. It might be a rant that I make sense of later or person that I want to talk to. Asking bold questions, not being afraid to go there in some interviews and meeting people where they really are on their journey with the questions that I ask and some of the individuals that I talk to about food is very personal. It's like money. It's loaded and it's personal and everyone's on a different journey. Mm-hmm. So making progress is great, but we don't necessarily all start at the same place or end at the same place. Absolutely. Just creating that safe space for not only your guests, but your your audience as well to come into those topics and feel like they can share and share in the journey, which is lovely. Switching gears here a bit, is there any podcasting fails or big learning lessons that you learned along the way? I would say it's the same learnings that I've had with many things that we've done, (laughs) which is if you can hire it out to the professionals, usually we end up trying to save money. And so we might only do a portion, even with the podcast, um, because we weren't sure what we were going to need. So we didn't sign up for all the bells and whistles. And then we end up needing them. And like, if it's not something that you do normally, hire it out to the professionals. Makes a difference. Good audio makes a difference. It's annoying listening to a tinny podcast when both parties have different audio levels and it's just not edited well. Absolutely agree with you on that one. (laughs) That is especially where we're at, leaving it better than you found it. So yeah. And then finally, what would be next for your podcast if money or time were not a factor? I would hire another person. I would do more in-person interviews in a studio. But yeah, mostly if money were no object, I would have a bigger team to help Mm -hmm. me get with guest outreach, with marketing. I would travel more, interview more chefs, farmers, government administrators on their food systems and experiences. So I think to recap, that would be have a studio that I could do more in-person interviews with, have good portable equipment that I can take and do interviews on the go and have a bigger team. That would be amazing. I can just picture you on the farms, in the kitchens, asking people all the questions and getting really down into the details of what they do. That would be incredible. Well, yeah, it has been so great to have you on the show today, Nicole. Your perspective and your story is so refreshing and inspiring to all of us. And I'm just so glad to have you here today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for doing this. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Business Beyond the Mic with your host, Carly Van Heerden. We love having you join us on this journey of uncovering the art of podcasting. If you found value in today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating or review and let us know what resonated with you or what didn't. 
Your feedback really helps us make this podcast the best that it can be. And be sure to connect with us across all our social platforms. Join us again next time as we step behind the mic with another amazing guest and dig even deeper to uncover the art of podcasting. Until then, see you next time. This is a We Edit Podcast production.